Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Yulia Stark. Yulia Stark is a is a ex-investment banker, international TEDx speaker, author, and a passionate serial entrepreneur, founder of Fab Academy, Business Academy for Women, president of the European Women Association, senator for Belgium at World Business Angel Investment Forum, WBAF, executive board member, WinTrade Global, connecting world leaders and executives, creating a positive impact worldwide. Welcome to the show, Yulia. Woohoo! Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm happy and grateful to be here with you today. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm based here in Europe in a very tiny country called Belgium. And uh, we are surrounded by Germany, by Holland and France. And uh, yes, it's quite cold and rainy during this time. So you don't miss actually to be here in Europe, in this part of Europe. But originally I was born in uh, Russia. I was six years old when my parents moved to Europe. I grew up here, um, studied finance, and then I had a lot of, I think, luck in my career and um, started my career as investment banker. And then during the financial crisis, I shift into being independent and self-employed. And that was again a roller coaster of uh, ups and downs, failures, some successes. And in the meanwhile, you become a mother, a wife, and all these challenging um, times of your life you need to combine and overcome sometimes. And now um, I am almost 10 years as um, an independent self employed. And I don't really miss my banking career. But still, it's uh, honestly, especially during COVID times, sometimes a challenge uh, to stay innovative and uh, on the top. I love it. Now, tell us more about your Fab Academy. Well, Fab Academy, this is something we launched um, 10 years ago. And let me go to the story why we did it, because I was um, quite good in my career as an investment banker. And I, my first, by the way, my first boss was an American. His name was Bill Allen, and he was here in Europe, in Brussels, uh, to train our sales team. And he was so different than other sales managers I used to have. And Bill was so open and, and fun and very open-minded towards people he was hiring. And he told me, like, girl, you've got three minutes to convince me why I need to hire you. And I don't really care about your degree. So that was a very strange approach if you compare it to a very conservative Belgian um, approach to hiring people. But again, thanks to Alan, I, uh, Bill Allen, I could grow quite fast in my career as an investment banker. But maybe you remember 2008 and nine this financial crisis. And I, my um, last boss, uh, Stefan, he told me, Yulia, you actually suck of being an employee. You should become an entrepreneur. You need to be your own boss. Um, and I took it literally, his advice. In 2009, I started my um, first consultancy company. It still exists. It's called um, Business Bridge. And um, yeah, I started to work with Chamber of Commerces between East and Western Europe. But honestly, even though I was self-employed, I worked like crazy, like 18, 19 hours a day was a norm, no weekends. I had my first child, my son Tristan. I missed so much on his first steps, his first words, because I was working like crazy, not really realizing I really have to approach it from a different angle. So I see that with many startups and self-employed. 
you want to be free, you want to earn more money, you want to travel, all this blah, blah, but in the reality, you work like crazy. So that was my my first reason why I started Fab Academy in 2013, uh, to be more exact. And the idea was, all right, let's start a program for female founders that um, is a, has a holistic approach where you can grow as a businesswoman, but also uh, keeping, in, keeping in mind that you're a mother, a wife, and a daughter, and a friend. So how do I approach a business from a holistic point of view? And you know what? It was one of the best decisions I made because within three months, we were fully booked. So this is that, that was for me a sign there needs to be uh, something that's changing on entrepreneurial level. And this is what we've done in the last um, yeah eight years now, quite successfully, offline. And then freaking COVID hits. And then we have to pivot again. That's right. Now, you mentioned pivoting. How important is it to pivot, especially when something like COVID happens? Honestly, we were not ready to pivot. Um, we were so offline-centered. We had our weekly, monthly meetings. The community was growing. We had an impact. We were traveling, doing retreats in Bali. It was like magnificent times. And then something like COVID happens, and you realize how vulnerable you are as a business owner, and that you don't have the tools, the knowledge, or the money to actually quickly pivot into a new business model. So what we've seen with other female founders is that um, transformation towards digitalization, that's what we had to do, um, is quite expensive. It takes time, it takes a lot of resources, also human resources. So some of the companies had to stop or um, luckily you've got a strong social system here and the government does support you, but still it's not the same. What we exactly did, we uh, created, in the past we would work directly with the business owner. Like the FAP Academy, it's a program for female founders where you go through certain process and trainings. What we've done during the COVID, we had to stop everything that we've been doing before, all the conferences and uh, retreats. And then we said, listen, we will create a network of networks. And what we've done is actually now, in the, we are in the process of doing so, we are uniting our networks on one digital platform. We started with Europe, and of course, our goal is to go global, where we still help um, women to get funded, to get mentored, or to connect with like-minded professional women, but it would be more um, a group effort. It won't be only our team. It will be all different parties who contribute to this uh, ecosystem. Absolutely amazing. Now, tell us more about what got you interested in neuroscience, mindfulness, travel, and entrepreneurship. Huh. You know, um, I've been always fascinated by psychology and why we do things that we do and why we do sabotage ourselves, why some people succeed and others don't, although they're trying so freaking hard. And um, I read so many books about it. And then, by the way, I think year, 10 years ago, I was on one of these uh, American gurus here in London. Tony Robbins arrived and I had this... Um, this training a year later, they asked me to be um, their um, their mentor and now a coach here in UK. So it was such a fun experience. And then I dove deeper into the science behind psychology. And then this is how I read a few books from Stephen Kotler. I loved his research and what he describes as why we do what we do, what happens in your brains. And suddenly it's 
not the magic anymore. It's not a coincidence. And then you realize you can actually steer your brain, steer your thoughts, steer your hormones, and this will lead to other reactions. So neuroscience became for me like a key or an answer to many struggles we face in business. And that led actually in the last few years towards um, innovation training that I would facilitate with my team in corporates. That means I would actually go to the banking industry, but from another perspective, we will sit down in the past when it was offline and we would brainstorm. And my goal would be to create this safe space and get people in a certain flow. So flow became this word that gets people into creativity, into innovation, and that's how many companies can make a difference. So that's my reason why. And the travel, gosh, I think all of us like to travel, right? Um, and I just wanted to connect that. And this is partially why I went to a spirituality journey when I went uh, on a training with um, Buddhist monks in Indonesia and Bali. Again, also that opened new perspectives on neuroscience and how to be more efficient, more focused uh, doing your job. I love it. Now tell us more about your experience working for the biggest brands such as Google, Microsoft, Facebook, and more. Well, um, every year we organize, together with my colleague, Dr. Yvonne Thompson, and she's based in London, we organize a Wintred Global Awards. And it's a beautiful conference, um, three to five days. And on the last day, we are celebrating female founders. Uh, we've got 12 different categories. Everybody can nominate themselves or another female founder. And in this journey, we are supported by quite big brands, such as, as I said, you said yourself, Deloitte, Facebook, Google, because they all see the value of female empowerment uh, also in, and mainly in business, because we see this still quite large uh, gender gap. So this is how we got in contact with these partners. And during the COVID, we couldn't do any conferences. So what we've done is we started to organize Winter Global Talks together with Yvonne. And we would invite the VP of Facebook, Nicola Mendelssohn, and she would share her experience, how she's going through COVID challenges. And suddenly you realize she's just human. She, there's a lady who's fighting cancer for the last four years. And she's locked in her uh, in her apartment. And during the COVID, she's she's got this higher risk of getting um, ill. So this very strong, powerful woman at Facebook would be actually having her own personal story. We would have um, um, Saida. Uh, Basma Al-Saida, she is the princess of Oman. She's a psychologist. And she would share her stories. Um, good one and maybe less good ones just to give bring us a perspective we would have a deloitte who would share more practical tools on investment on startup scene on on women in a startup uh, or scale-up companies so it was actually quite good to collaborate with them and then maybe you know google has this program hashtag i am remarkable um never heard about it I have, yes. Yeah. So, um, and this is what I've been doing in the last few years, workshops with Google. And I remember this quote at the end of every workshop, I would ask ladies to write down, it's not bragging if it's a fact. 
And every time when female founders come to our platform or they're not sure if they are ready or they don't dare to ask for support or tell about their successes, I would remind them about that Google does. It's not bragging if it's a fact. Very powerful. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Now tell us more about your book, Master Your Reality. Oh, it's that book I wrote in 2013. I've been working on the second one. I think this would be so much more profound. But the first one was actually about taking power back. It's about my journey about realizing that I cannot blame my, my parents or my environment, but it's actually the science behind psychology and how to... Um, how to change those, uh, how they say, change those habits sometimes or belief system we get from our childhood. So that was my journey. And I wrote that book after I went to a Himalaya expedition that year. I remember I had, um, I was evacuated from that expedition because I had a high altitude disease and I couldn't breathe at a certain uh, height. And even though I was, um, brought back to Kathmandu, the hospital, the view was so magnific magnificent. I could see Mount Everest at my feet. And I remembered promising myself, like whatever I do, I will not go back to banking industry. And I will also not be um, the, the, how would I say, my own um, victim of circumstance of my work, for example, working and not having the quality of, uh, of life that everybody actually deserves. And I really want to be a mother more and be more present. So writing that book helped me to figure out what I want and what success means to me, which I think is very subjective. And uh, try to follow that path towards your own personal success. I love it. Now tell us more about your transformational well-being retreats in Europe. <laughs> so um, we started, I think, four years ago, and it all started with my uh, retreat, my personal retreat that I went to in Bali. And going through the training with the monks, it was so intense. I mean, hard for 10 days. You just shut up. You cannot look around. You cannot uh, write or read or dance. It's all going within and being confronted with your own BS. And that was something quite new. And this is when I realized, oh my gosh, there's so many uh, thoughts that are not actually productive or efficient. So um, I'm getting distracted every, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. So all these insights I learned there about concentration, about presence, uh, presence and focus helped me in my business. And I realized hmm, if it helps me, it might maybe help somebody else. So yearly we would travel to Bali and that would be with men and women, mainly business owners who are quite stressed, who are very cognitive and very linear thinking, who needed more like to broaden their perspective. And we'll have trainings with people on health, on mindfulness techniques that can help them uh, be more efficient and present. But then we realized, all right, not everybody likes to travel that far or can, or maybe you cannot afford because Bali is quite expensive. And um, so what we would do, we can, uh, we would set up uh, in Belgium and in Italy, for example, it's, it's quite cheap to travel in Europe. I think for 35 euros, you've got a ticket to Spain or Italy. So that was a very fun experience. And honestly, I'm really, really missing these times. 
that is absolutely amazing. I love the experience and thank you for sharing that with us. Now, oh, tell welcome. us more about your experience as a senator for Belgium. Well, um, it's actually it happens during the COVID times. I was working closer and closer with startup scene, where we realized there are not there are not enough women in startup industry, especially not in tech um, environment. So we started to connect with different accelerators, and so it started with the Balkan region, the European region. And this is how we get, got connected with Singapore, um, and Turkey, for example. And one of the no, the chairman of uh, Bybars of this uh, forum, the the World Business Angel Investment Forum, he saw the need of this connection of more female founders in this ecosystem. And as my background is in investment banking, and I'm still connected to that industry and the startup scene. It was a quite logical invitation to join the network and support and improve women in business and in startup scene. So what we'll be doing now is connecting startups with business angels and to see how we can get them invested, I mean, the startups, or get them the commercial deals they actually um, need to get funded in the next stage. So it's a very interesting network of amazing, smart men and women um, who are very open with their resources and contacts and that creates, again, that safe community that many of us female founders need uh, to grow our business. I love it. Now, tell us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life, Gloria. Oh, major challenges. Um, I think that would be uh, in 2013, no, beginning 2014, when I worked so freaking hard, like almost four years, no uh, day offs, like had 32 people working for me. I had this um, project running and I realized I was my own slave. I want to be free and independent. In the reality, I was missing out on life in general. My relationship sucked, my connection to my uh, son Tristan, was almost gone so that was a very interesting reality check when you realize entrepreneurship isn't that sexy as everybody says and my one of my offices was in ukraine in kiev and in 2013 there was a revolution and everything we had literally burned down in that revolution the insurance said like this is war so you will not be reimbursed go home so i flew back on saturday evening uh, my husband and my son were already in Belgium I came back and my son was already sleeping and in the morning I wanted to surprise my son with his favorite cookies uh, for the breakfast so I was putting my jacket on um, in the hallway and suddenly my son comes down the stairs he was just three years old comes down the stairs and he said mommy I'm three years old I can count till five are you back in five days? And that literally broke my mother's heart. I realized I failed as a mother as well um, and that this is not okay. So I sat down on my knees and I said, Tristan, I'm just going to the end of the street to buy your favorite cookies. And he did not believe me. And this is a price many of our like female founders pay. We often have to choose between family and, and career. Um, and this is something I did not want to do. So I asked my son to join me and we went to the bakery together. And I promised him, like, darling, if I will have to travel again, I'll take you with me. 
Oh. He was so happy. Now my son, he's 10. And every time when I ask him, Tristan, I'm traveling now to London, are you coming with me? The first question would be like, mom, is there a PlayStation? And of course there is not. And he would like, oh no, I'm not interested. So my son doesn't tra travel with me anymore, but my daughter of three, she's my like best uh, teacher, to be honest. She's a very good reflection in the mirror. And um, so children often teach us the best lessons and are very great reality checks. So for me, that was my biggest struggle realizing I want to have it all. I don't want to choose. But how do I do that? And that led to other projects and partnerships that would lead to what we are doing right now. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now give us a overview of what you will discuss at the Global Virtual Breast Cancer Survivors event this week, our upcoming event that you will be speaking. Yes, it's on Friday, right? Um, in the COVID, I mean, again, many people struggled financially and still continue to struggle financially. And there's so much insecurity and so much stress. Uh, also in our case, we everything that worked before, we had to cancel. No more workshops, travel, conferences, or retreats. So that was like a shock financially. And it had to pivot very fast. Luckily, we've done it. But then you get another, get another hit um, when the doctor would say, like, um, your mother has cancer, very aggressive breast cancer. And I would be like, oh, my gosh, I cannot handle that. I mean, I thought I was strong, but that would be just too much. Realizing my mom, she's uh, she's Ukrainian by birth, so she lives here in Belgium, but she doesn't speak the language. So that would mean I would have to get all the negative news and try to explain her in a very soft way. And my mom is a very emotional human being, so she would be very sad if she would hear like, something like how aggressive the cancer, for example, would be. So I realized I had to stay strong so that she doesn't see the pain or the, the, the uncertainty I'm experiencing at this moment. And that started in March this year. So only last week we had our last treatment where both of the breasts of her are gone. She, so she's operated. She had her radiotherapy with very severe burning. So she's still suffering physically and I think as well mentally. And then you realize, like, when you are an immigrant, how vulnerable you are, even though we live here in a very good social structure. But when your social system, like the social friends and the, the, the people from your own cultures are not there, you tend to lock yourself down. So for me, I realized that it's, I had a call last week on Friday, and there was somebody from the hospital saying, hi, I'm the psychologist. I'm calling to reach your mom. And I said, like, yeah, but she's not available. How can I help? She said, like, yes, she needs to go through a few sessions if she wants. It's paid by the government. And we really advise her to take at least 10 sessions. So um, she's got this mental um, uh, resilience that she needs in the next uh, months and years. And then they would ask, like, and how are you? And I would just break down in tears. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. I'm great. But I don't know what's happening. And this lady would say, like, no, you're not. You really need to go to speak to someone. And like, I'm okay. It's my mom. You don't need to speak to me. So last week I realized um, I think people that 
are supporting somebody who's ill also need um, uh, mental guidance and, and psychological support as well, because we tend to stay strong and support everybody, uh, but we are not. That is absolutely correct. And I look forward to hearing more about your story as you go more in depth during our global virtual panel for breast yeah, cancer. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And for those that are listening, make sure to reserve your seat today on Eventbrite. That's the Global Virtual Panel of Breast Cancer Survivors event. And Yulia will be speaking at that event as well. Now, Yulia, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Oh, many times. And so many times that I realized we need to be more centered uh, to experience it even more. The first time, as, as I said, that was with my son, when he said, mom, are you back in five days? That was like, oh my gosh, I need to change dramatically everything about the way I work. The second aha moment was when I was during my um, the expedition in Himalaya. And I was standing there, that feeling of being small and powerful at the same time was so breathtaking. Being surrounded by nature, became a key to many of my challenges. So that meant if I would feel overwhelmed or stressed, I would hide in nature. And this is where I could calm down. And again, there's so much science behind it, neuroscience, how that actually happens. But this is like just a quick go for everyone if you are stressed. Um, during the, um, the training with the monks, I had the same. When being in silence with yourself, you get many insights of priorities. Um, realizing often we do things not because we want to, but because we think we have to, because the way your father, for example, brought you up or your mother. So these are the hard moments. But also I think during COVID, when my mom got ill, I realized, oh my gosh, priorities, girl. <laughs> so just, all right, uh, maybe business is going down, but your mom needs you. And then suddenly other priorities came up and I spent so much time with my mom talking, um, just being with her, watching TV, drinking tea and just chatting about the past. And the last one, I think it's the COVID. How many of us would actually uh, complain and blame the society and the government especially? But then if you, I think I heard that, Gigi, you were saying that in other um, podcasts of yours, you would actually say that it's so important the way you look at things. You can always choose to be a victim or you can thrive, even though it's hard. But that's also fine. It's in these hard times that we grow. And honestly, I've grown like tremendously in the last six months. I've learned so many new skills. I dove deeper in my network and I realized my connections, just taking like LinkedIn platform, these, those 6,000 people I'm connected to, they are, it's gold. I mean, if I truly get to know them and connect, so many people opened new doors and opportunities. Suddenly I'm speaking with decision makers on such a high level and that, that creates such a big impact of, of what we are trying to do here. So try to find um, moments of lights in darkness like now. And you're so right. It is about, it's, there is a saying, I think when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I think this was the one for me to repeat every time during COVID times. And that's strange. I mean, now six months later, you've got this beautiful platform and so many beautiful partners um, to connect to and create even bigger impact. 
uh, on global scale. Such a great point that you raised. So much opportunity during this time with COVID happening. You know, so many people focus on the issue at hand. We need to focus on what can be done during this time and find the joy in the journey. So thank you for sharing that, Yulia. Now, tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life. I think that changes with age. Um, what would give me happiness in the past would be a lot of adventures, skydiving, doing stupid stuff sometimes. <laughs> but now, but now I appreciated being with family. How cliche that also might si sound, but COVID learned the importance of being present and not have a distraction like I normally would be. I used to travel a lot pre-COVID and mainly as a speaker on different conferences, but you would waste so much time traveling um, and be away from your kids a lot. So for me now, kids make me happy. It's like, I've got two of them. Um, I just fell in love again with my kids during the COVID times, but nature makes me happy. Um, meditation, really makes me happy even though i hate it sometimes just to sit and being quiet um but then 10 minutes later you realize ah that's why i'm doing all that noise and all the zoom meetings and all the emails just put aside and be present so and then again um another thing i mean i love skinny dipping i just like somewhere like nobody sees in the nature oh yeah so i think Things like very, I mean, I, I know maybe it's too European to share this stuff, but this is something just being me and don't really caring about what others would say. That's such a nice feeling as well. I love that. Others should not care about what people, you know, think or say. I, I love that. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <Yeah. laughs> well, tell us more about your European Woman Association. Well, European Women Association is a solution to the struggle we're all experiencing right now from a business perspective. I don't know if you've uh, realized the importance of network. The importance now is even more than a year ago. So now we are isolated. We, we, we have our businesses, how small they all may be, but we realize how important the um, connections are the real, real human-to-human -human connections. So European Women Association is an online platform uh, where we invite, invite other organizations uh, who have similar vision of empowering women professionally. We invite them to join. And this is where they can join and become uh, connect not only to their own circle, like US, for example, but also to European circles find partners, find investors, find clients. And we do it through monthly meetings, live meetings like this one, which you sit down and you can, you'll be a matchmaker. Um, so there's matchmaking through different rooms where you can find whatever you need as a professional woman. So I hope your community will join as well. It's free of charge. So there is no fees. You can always join um, and let us know what you're looking for and maybe we can help you out. Ladies and gentlemen, I definitely recommend joining today. I'll put the link in the comment section after this ends as well, but th there it is as well for you on the screen. So make sure to write it down and sign up today. Now, Yulia, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Hmm. I think this is something we all need to start thinking what that means to you personally, living with happiness. It's so different maybe for you than for me or for another sister of ours. So 
find out who you are. And that does not happen by going to endless meetings and chats and talks of whatever, except this one, of course, and the one on Friday. But really try to find some quiet time to understand what makes you happy. And that will lead to so many beautiful adventures, connections, decisions as well, who are more aligned with who you are. And if your vision of happiness doesn't match the overall definition of it, who cares, right? Who cares? So be bold enough to follow that inner voice, but you will only hear it if you will slow down. So do it how you'd like to do. Is it through walking, through meditation, through dancing, cooking? Everything works as long as you love it. Amen. Find out who you are. Very powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. right and Yulia, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. Where can the audience find you? Well, they can go on yuliastarv.com. They can find me on LinkedIn. Most of the time you can find me on LinkedIn. This is a platform that I uh, is used in Europe a lot. I'm not sure. I think Facebook is quite popular on uh, the, uh, in US. Um, but of course, just Google my name and you get me on Facebook or LinkedIn or my website. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Yulia on her website, yuliastark.com, and also on her LinkedIn, Yulia Stark. And Yulia, again, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.